This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Welcome, friends, to another r slash pro revenge video. If you're a pro at this whole YouTube thing, you already know the best way to help support things is to hit the like and subscribe buttons down below. That said, our first story of the days by Sheba was talking. Force me to deploy? I'll kill your career. Let's go back a few years. I was a combat engineer platoon sergeant. We'd recently gotten a new company commander who thought his poop didn't stink. My first interaction with him was when I got back from running an M240B range, where I was told he wanted to speak to all leadership immediately in the conference room. Well, it took three hours for him to arrive, and despite first sergeant calling many times, he insisted we stay. The entire meeting was him bragging about himself and saying that he was trying to get the company slotted for a deployment to the Middle East, as well as how excited he was to go. I spoke up and basically said he's an idiot but with more words, which ended the meeting, which got me a stern talking to and thinly veiled threats. This captain had been in for 15 years and never once got deployed. That takes effort and a lot of figurative Richard sucking. He only wanted to go now because he was up for major. It turned out Brigade had a mission and asked for volunteers. Captain Idiot volunteered me to go despite knowing I'd gotten myself married a week earlier. I made it very clear I didn't want to go to the higher ups. I was told it was between myself and the captain. Well, a month out, my sister-in-law ended things immediately after she miscarried at 33 weeks. Found them both in the basement of their house. Well, Captain Idiot didn't care. No leave and I was still to leave about a week after the funeral. Screw him. I walked in to talk to the command sergeant major and was immediately dropped from deployment. But the captain was so far up the battalion commander's butt that nothing happened to him. After about 8 months later, Captain Idiot got his wish. Headquarters platoon and one other were slotted to deploy. Of course, because I had the most combat experience and most deployments in the platoon, he naturally decided that's why my platoon should go. Now, in order to deploy, you first have to go a month-long field exercise where you're graded on performance. This generally applies to the higher levels of leadership. By this time, I was just pissed. So I got my squad leaders together and improvised a few missions. First, everyone was to follow the captain's instructions as literally as possible, no matter how dumb, and not give any advice. This led to us getting absolutely destroyed in training, which was glorious. Secondly, and most importantly, was the psychological aspect. So, this idiot commander would go to bed nightly at 2100, no matter what. In the deserts of California, you can find all sorts of creepy crawlies to slip in a sleeping bag while sprinkling juice on his uniform. They'd also periodically hide some of his gear or render his rifle inoperable. So for days this went on. 
Poor guy slept very little because I ensured his tent was over the top of a beehive. These bees hated any vibration and loved juice. The idiot never realized why he was constantly getting stung. As we were to be falling under a new brigade, I had to go meet the higher-ups and wouldn't you know it, the colonel we were set to fall under turned out to be my first company commander, who I got along great with. I pulled him aside and called up my squad leaders, where we basically told him Captain Idiot was going to get someone killed, pointed out his erratic behavior, and the overall poor performance. Needless to say, he was quickly relieved of command, career killer, and sent back to work in an office where he belonged. As for myself and my platoon, I still didn't want to go, but the new company commander was my old platoon leader for my second deployment. Plus, I couldn't let my guys go without me. Turned out it would be my last deployment, as some injuries force you out of the military, but everyone came back alive. If you were in OP shoes and you know that you got that incompetent guy canned and their career essentially killed, but you still had to go on that deployment, would it make it all worth it just for getting that guy out of that position? Or does having to go on that deployment mean the ending was never truly satisfying? Let me know what you guys think in the comments down below. Our next story is by Stop Wage Slavery. To all the young kids who grew up poor or without a proper education, I was very poor and I had a high school teacher who told me I would never measure up in the real world. Now I'm a demand planning manager for a Fortune 500 company making almost six figures. You matter, you are loved. I just want to provide hope for young souls who get beat down by older adults for no reason or for being poor. In fact, no older adult should beat down a young person. Older adults should build younger adults and young kids up. Either way, here we go. If any youngin are listening, I'm over 30. I had a few teachers back in my day tell me I would never amount to anything or never measure up because I enjoyed life and I was a big goof. But most of all, I was poor. That was probably the reason I goofed a lot. You hide the pain with jokes and laughter when that's all you have. Anyway, I enjoyed goofing with my friends and playing games. I enjoyed the companionship of a close girlfriend. I'm cisgendered male who's attracted to women. But most of all, I never had a teacher or an adult who let me know that I had a bright future. Most of my teachers or adults told me I was headed down a wrong path. The only person who believed in me was my mom. Fast forward 14 years in the future and I'm now very successful in my career and my relationships. Now thinking back on it, I would never tell a kid, like me at 14 years old, that who went through many traumas and a divorce that you would never amount to anything. This post is for the kids who feel like I did. You'll make it out. You'll be happy. You'll be able to look back on this and smile like I am right now. The teacher's opinion doesn't matter. You're smart, strong, and intelligent. You're worthwhile. Keep that head high. Don't be ashamed of your past but rather look at it as a chapter in your life that shaped you. This is definitely a great story. It might be that piece of inspiration that some kid needs during a really tough time. And I have a lot of respect for OP for just trying to put something out there into the world that maybe goes into the mind of some kid that really needs it at that time. We definitely don't need any of these people whose positions are literally to foster growth instead being these rude, shameful people that say you'll never amount to anything. 
It's simply not true. Our next story is by Karate Kid 84 fan. Shoplifter gets away, but gets their car towed instead. Not my personal story, but my friend who tells me all kinds of war stories from work. This one I had to share. My friend works at loss prevention at a chain department store. One day, he spots a woman stealing about $300 worth of jewelry. Before he can get down there and confront her, she left the store. However, she left her car keys at the counter. So he takes them and goes to the parking lot, finds the car it belongs to, no one inside yet, and locked the door. Then he just waits, assuming they'll figure out they left their keys in the store, and come try to retrieve them. But no one ever shows up. At this point, he assumes they got a ride, so he calls a tow truck company to tow their vehicle, at the owner's expense of course, and gets it towed to an out-of-state lot. Just imagine that doofus who decides, okay, I'm gonna try to steal jewelry from a chain department store, and then not only that, but once they walk out, they're like, wait, where's my keys? And then they just, what, take an Uber? Call a taxi? Not the sharpest tool in the shed definite L on the forehead. Our next story is by Indigo Wolf. Get me in trouble with dad? No, how about I get you scared for your life? When I was a teenager, I lived in the SeaTac area. We were about a 45 minute drive from Seattle proper. My town was considered a small town, even though it was surrounded by larger cities. One lovely summer day, my friends and I decided to go to a lake to hang out. Only one of us had a license and car. We'll call him Dopey. My dad told me we had to be home by 6 p.m. When we left town, it was only noon and each of us discussed and agreed to be home by 6. My curfew was the earliest one that day, but it was because my family had plans that night I needed to be back for. So six teenagers pile into Dopey's Gremlin. If you don't know, a Gremlin's a pretty small, gutless car. We head to the lake for about 5 hours and have a great time. Then it was time to go home. Dopey decides that he needs to go to Seattle first to talk to someone. I remind him that I have to be home in an hour, and he promised to get me home, so I'll make sure that happens. He scoffed at that part. We climb back in his car and head to Seattle. Not much I could do about that. We get to his friend's house, and Dopey tells us to wait in the car. He goes inside, and he's in there for about half an hour. I'm getting more and more pissed, and pretty sure he's there for some sort of drug deal. I start laying on the horn until he comes out. He's super angry about that. I'm sure drug dealers don't like that kind of attention at their home. So we're on the freeway and he's in the right lane doing 45. He's being petty and making sure I'm late enough to get grounded. Speed limit's 60, traffic's moving about 70, I'm seething and he's smirking. I look around and spot a Richard truck. You know the type, giant tires, lights everywhere, rolling coal. I see three guys crammed in the cab. They're in their early 20s. Perfect. I catch their eye and start making rude gestures. I flip the bird. I make gestures suggesting they give one another noggin and anything I can do to piss these guys off. It works. Oh boy, does it work. They get right behind us with their giant truck and start revving the engine and flashing lights. Now, Dopey's scared that these guys are going to beat his butt and he doesn't know why. We made the 45-minute drive back in about 20 minutes and I got home on time. The truck stopped following us when we exited the freeway. As I was getting out of the car, 
I told Dopey that next time, I'd just tell my daddy it was his fault if we were late, because my daddy would not give up on beating his butt like the guys in those trucks did. It was a wonderful moment, watching his jaw drop when he realized I was the cause of our high-speed chase. I mean, that's a pretty intense story, honestly. Imagine being so dead set on getting some form of revenge that you're willing to upset these truckers and get them to kind of tailgate you while you're driving down the freeway. I mean, it was effective. If you wanted your friend to hit the gas, that's definitely one way to get them to do so. And our final story of the day is by an anonymous poster. Am I the jerk for exposing my mom, sister, and cousin at a family event? I, 21-year-old female, live with my mom, 56-year-old female, and sister, 25-year-old female. I work part-time and clean houses on my off days to pay for school, rent, and other necessities. So my savings are about 12 grand. My mom and sister have well-paying jobs, but can never budget and have bad spending habits. I recently found out that my safe, disguised as a book, was missing. I put my money and cash in a safe book in a hidden area because my sister and mother had two incidents of taking money from me. I forgave them, but I'm not stupid as they will jump at the chance again. So all my money is bent at the right hand corner. I have pictures and videos of them bent, numbers of some bills, safe and being bent. Furthermore, I found it broken open in the garage bin, covered and wrapped in cardboard. My cousin, 24 year old female, was over the other day and I said hi to her in the kitchen and she was carrying the same cardboard. It was from a ginger ale box. Go to the backyard with my mom and sister outside already. I just came into the kitchen to wash my hands and go upstairs and shower as I came home from school and was on the bus. Helps keep COVID away. I decided to check the wallets of my moms and sisters and there was bills with the bent corners. I took a picture and video as I came up with a plan to be petty. The next day, my extended family was at my aunt's sitting around and talking. I asked my cousins what she was doing with the cardboard at my mom's house with my sister and her. She said she was helping my mom spray paint some frames. My mom likes to refurbish furniture. I said okay. Then I got up to get my bag with the broken book safe and grabbed my sister's and mother's wallet. I came back and dropped the broken book safe in front of my cousin. My sister was close by. I asked her if she knew what this was. She had a surprised look on her face but said nothing. I then turned to my sister and said, You definitely know what this is. By then, everyone was watching. Next, I showed my family all the pics and videos. I even opened their wallets in front of the family, showing my money with the bended corners in it. One pic clearly showed the numbers on those bills are the same ones in the wallet. My cousin's mom started going off on her daughter for stealing from my family. Most were speechless, but my mom, sister, and cousin tried everything to defend themselves. I then stated I'm being generous by not going to the police right away and giving them a month to return what they owe. Also that, I'm moving out. I apologized to my aunt for the trouble, then I went home and added a lock and chain on my bedroom door. Since then, I've spoken to some family members, but some have said I went overboard and there were less dramatic ways of doing this. So am I the jerk? Bit of a crossover here into pro-revenge territory. I don't think OP's a jerk because... The fact of the matter is, your own mom and sister are stealing money from you. Even when you try to hide it, they dig it out, find it, and steal it. I feel like you have every right to expose them for stealing money from you like that, dramatic or not. 
But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. So of all these stories I've read today, which is your favorite and why? Let me know in the comments down below. And if you haven't yet, if you could like and subscribe, that would mean a lot to me. Whatever you do, whether it's liking, subscribing, turning notifications on, all of it helps grow this channel and I appreciate the heck out of it. So until next time, I'll see you all tomorrow with some more stories. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.